Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Shedheads, welcome to another episode of Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson, the Shed Adamus, the man that you come to over the last couple of weeks to break even. That's right, my 67% streak of picking NRL Finals games sure isn't holding up in the old NFL over in the great United States of America. You heard I didn't say divided states, I said United States. We've had some big things happen over here recently. That being said, welcome. And it's so good to have you guys here, and, and we're really excited going to this episode of Outside the Sheds. But with my excitement that I start off this week, I also start this week with a very, very heavy heart. I start this week with a very, very heavy heart, not because of our presidential election that we've had over here, and that would not be a reason for me to have a heavy heart, but we lost an icon. We lost a man that some people thought was bulletproof, a man that we thought possibly nothing fazed him. No matter what he went through, we lost the great Hank Aaron today. And I know that I'm starting off with a sport other than rugby league or Aussie rules football, the games we love. But I've told you numerous amounts of times that there's plenty of games that I love. I grew up playing baseball. I still go to the College World Series every year. I, I love Football, like we talked about, American football, gridiron, whatever you want to call it. I love that too. But there are times and there are moments when we lose someone in the sporting world that is way larger than the sporting world. And that, ladies and gentlemen, shedheads, is Hank Aaron. Because Besides him breaking the Babe's record for home runs, he had to do all of this while he was a black man in America. And when he had to do it as a black man of America, there weren't million dollar endorsement deals for them to do Gatorade commercials or, or to, to, to rap about uh, uh, investment programs and policies or Nike commercials. There was none of that. There was none of that. Hank Aaron did this in a time when there is a percentage of our country, the United States, that did not want him to succeed, not because he was a bad baseball player, not because he was a bad man. They did not want him to succeed because the color of his skin. Something he had no ability to change, and if you do believe in a higher power, he was sent to us in that skin by the higher power. For him to do the things that he did, receiving the backlash that he did for no reason, for no reason, except for the color of his skin, should make us all think. And... This last year of 2020, 
that we just got through besides the pandemic in our country, in the United States, there has been a real awakening, I want to say, but we know that it's always been here, of the conversation of racial equality. And and I think Hank Aaron would have never thought that, maybe he did, but that in 2020, that these issues would be something we look at about thinking about the times we were dragging knuckles on the concrete when we walked. Caveman stuff. But it's still here. Because human beings, for whatever reason, want to find a way to dislike one another. Not just disliking them because you might not be a good dude or a good girl. Nice guy, nice woman. No, I just just like you because I don't like looking at you because of something. And we have cars now that can drive for themselves. But we can't seem to, for some reason, like our fellow brothers and sisters because of a natural tan that they may have. Even though a large percentage of this country and of this world lays out to get a tan. Think about that. People are disliked because of the color of their skin, but the people that sometimes hold that against them lay outside to get a tan. I've never understood that one. I've never understood that one. You can take, man, you've got a great tan, but then you can look at somebody who has a natural tan and say, I don't like that person, though. Makes no sense. Never has made sense to me. Um, trust me, there's plenty of people I don't like shedheads. I really don't like them. I try not to use the H word here as much as possible. But I, there's plenty of people I don't like. But not one of them is because of the color of their skin, the shape of their nose, the length of their hair. I got no. T- I have no time for that. I have no time for that, and no one should have time for that. We have enough things to worry about. We have invisible viruses that are taking and are that have taken four hundred thousand lives just here in this country. So, am I really worried if if you know if Don's got hair to his shoulders, or if Sandra keeps her hair keeps her tan year 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 round and doesn't have to worry about laying outside and putting cocoa butter all over herself? No, I, I don't care about that. I, it's never it's never meant a damn thing to me. But as I come off my soapbox, I go back to Hank Aaron. And Hank Aaron did all of this during a time when this country was by no means accepting of, of black Americans. And he broke a white man's record in Babe Ruth. And there were people that did not want to see that happen. The, the commissioner of baseball did not come to the, to the game that Hank Aaron hit the home run at, at Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, because that was his way to show he did not support having a black man having that record. So if the man that leads your sport is already like that, you already know what a lot of the country felt like. But Hank Aaron started off playing, you know, was born in Alabama, which has not been known for the most progressive 
thoughts of, of race unless you put on an Alabama Crimson Tide uniform at times. But not been the most forward-thinking. Um, if we don't, we have to remember that the University of Alabama was the last university in the SEC to allow black players on the football team. Now they wouldn't have won half their national championships if it wasn't for those same black players, but we won't go down that road right now. But that's where Hank Aaron started off his life, and, and then he played in the Negro Leagues, and then he went to the Milwaukee Braves. And I don't know if Hank Aaron ever thought he was going to come back down to the South except to visit his family, but when the Braves moved to Atlanta from Milwaukee, he was thrust back into the South. But he was thrust back into the New South. The New South of Atlanta, Georgia. And isn't it funny we're mentioning Atlanta, Georgia, because Atlanta, Georgia just showed its face and showed its true color two months ago. Or excuse me, what am I saying two months ago? Yes, they did it two months ago, but just at the beginning of this month with some major elections. But if you've ever been to Atlanta, it is a very beautiful place. Some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And one of the most racially diverse cities you'll ever walk into. And a lot of that still comes from Hank Aaron opening minds in the deep south or the new south. To looking at a hero, a man that carried himself with honor, a man that carried himself with respect, a man that never, never showed those scars that were being inflicted into him because people didn't like him because of the color of his skin. A man that, as he was going to break the record during that time period, was get, receiving death threats. A man that was worried about his children because people were writing him letters that they were going to uh, take his children, abduct his children. A man that had to go out the back door in stadiums because of of, 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 again, the threat of assassination and, and murder. And don't forget, in the back of his mind, it's not too long before that that Malcolm X had been killed, that MLK had been killed. So don't think that it wasn't possible for, for Hank to be killed or for him to think that that was possible. But you never saw that from him. He never talked out of fear. He never carried himself or walked around like he was holding a grudge because, of, because people didn't want him to succeed. And when you see a person like that that can lift their character through the darkest of times, when it should have been a, one of the most special periods of time, if you look at when Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were doing that home run challenge, when they were, even though now we find out that they were on, they were probably more horse than they were human because of the steroids. Do you remember how everyone was so excited and so much joy was being celebrated and, and uh, at the home runs? Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron didn't have that. He didn't have that. But he still did it. He still achieved his goal. He still climbed the mountain. And that's to me what makes it beautiful. It's To me, it's in American history, it is one of the three probably most watched sporting events moments the home run that he hit in our in our country's history and i and i and i would say what it's it is a, above but it's right there with do you believe in miracles when when our 
or the USA hockey team beat Russia in 80. But it's one of those timeless things that people that were alive can tell you where they were at if they were watching it. Remember, during that time, Major League Baseball was not even shown the way that it is in the United States. There was a game maybe on Saturday afternoon, but they did a special thing where they had a Monday night baseball game so the country could see Hank Aaron break the record, or they hoped he was going to, and he did. He's a special, special man, and it came out today that the Atlanta Falcons, the football team, are actually going to retire the number 44 in honor of him as well. He was a great, great man. And if you haven't done enough research on him or haven't read up anything, I don't care if we're rugby fans or rugby league fans or Aussie rules fans or cricket fans, we lost a sports icon. And a man that wasn't just a sports icon, but a civil rights and sports icon. A game changer, folks. A game changer. But I want to I break go, go over some of the things that Hank Aaron did. Everyone talks about him holding the home run record for 33 years. But this is some other things about Hank Aaron. First off, Hank Aaron was born in 1934, and he passed away again, like I said, today in 2021. Hank Aaron is second in Major League Baseball history with 755 home runs, and he held that record from 74 through 2007. Now, we're not even going to go into that because I'd probably sit here and do the entire podcast on if he's the true home run king or if it's Barry Bonds. But I'll tell you one thing, there's only one home run king that we can be 100% did it without being on steroids or performance-enhancing drugs. So if that's ever in the back of your mind, to me, I think we know who the king is. Major League Baseball's all-time leader in RBIs with 2,297 and total bases with 6,856. Ranks third with 3,771 hits. Was the 1957 National League MVP for the world champion Milwaukee Braves. Two-time national batting champion and three-time gold glover. 21 seasons as an all-star. So he was an all-star and played in the all-star game from 55 through 75. A record that's not been anywhere close to approach to being touched and probably will never be touched. And like I said, a civil rights icon and a face of the New South. A face of the New South that had that just, like I said, reasserted itself and showed its head again at the beginning of this month in the United States. And I know I'm way out of format starting to talk about Hank Aaron. Um, hammer Hank, hammering Hank Aaron. But when a moment happens like this, and then you look at how close his passing was to Kobe Bryant passing away. I'm saying January is going to have a history now of, of some pretty momentous moments of losing incredible icons of the game and of sports. And I know we, we we still talk about Kobe, 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 and, and Kobe Bryant will go down as one of the greatest basketball players in the history of the NBA and is on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA. But we're talking about a guy in Hank Aaron who 
broke records and set records in the 70s that are records that are nowhere close to being touched still today in 2021. It's insane. So please, Shedheads, do some research. Look up this man, Hank Aaron. And if you haven't read something, read something up. Look at some of the greats um, talk about him, about them meeting him, what it meant to meet him. Uh, and just take it in because we lost an incredible man today. Not an incredible baseball player, but an incredible man today. So rest in peace, Hammer and Hank. And uh, hopefully the Braves can bring you a championship again soon in your honor. So now let's transition. Enough of the heavy heart. Let's talk about our games. Let's talk about some rugby league. And unfortunately, we're kind of in a negative place still because I'm starting off this week talking about Malachi Wateddy Zalesniak. And he had to retire. It's a tough game, rugby league is. And I don't, we don't know what it is, but he's been forced into early retirement after, his, after suffering an acute kidney failure at the end of 2020. Acute kidney failure. Think about that. And the sad part is he was getting ready to play for the dogs, the Bulldogs with Canterbury, with his brother, Dallin. And so a dream that both of these guys have had is not going to come to fruition because of this unfortunate diagnosis that, that he's going through and that he's had to fight and, and, and battle back from, but he's lost his career. So that was really, really sad to see that and hear that. Um, and hopefully that he can find a way to stay in the game if he would like to. I'm saying there's no guarantee that, that he wants to even stay in the game of rugby league in, in any capacity. But it's just sad when a player can't go out on their own terms. And it really makes us really... It should make us grateful to, to be able to do the things that we find most joyous to us and, and that brings us the most happiness. And for a lot of these players, that's what this is. The game of, of rugby league, Aussie rules, football, you know, basketball, whatever. But that was sad, sad news. And um, uh, I'm just hoping for the best for the man. Uh, just in his health, first off, but going forward with whatever he chooses to do. Well, let's talk about a guy that I know is one of the most polarizing figures in the game of, of rugby union and rugby league, but Israel Folau. Israel Folau just got done getting kicked out of rugby union, which we all know. Uh, Oz, the, Osby, the Australian rugby uh, union will, would not let him play because of some things he said on social media about not liking certain people and not believing in their uh, the way they choose to live their lives and he said some pretty pretty harsh and hard things. And like I said, we all have the ability to say what we want to say. You can say it. But don't think that you can't say things and be held accountable for what you say. So bet you always think about this. And this is my my problem. We've talked about it over and over again, Shedheads, about me and social media. But you don't get that stuff back. If you push send... That's not coming back. It's not coming back. No matter what you try, no matter how you try to spin it, it's not coming back. So Israel Folau had to deal with that, to deal with the fallout. And a gentleman who is a very, very talented rugby player, 
and rugby rugby league and union player. It no one knew what he was going to do. No one knew what his future was going to hold. But Israel Folau, because of his talent, and if you think that he's continued his playing career for any other reason but his talent, you're gravely mistaken. But Israel Folau got a lifeline to play with the Catlins Dragons in the Super League. A lot of people did not like that. A lot of people didn't, how should I say, open the uh, open the arms to welcome Israel Folau. But, again, when you have talent, people bend things. People open doors. And the Catlins Dragons, who it's definitely, the Catlins, you know, it's in their, in their, I don't know, wheelhouse that they can do this. And I have been a supporter of the Catlins Dragons for a while. I'm saying there hasn't been a team that put more sacrifice to continuing, the to, to make sure the success of the Super League and all of Rugby League than what the Catlins Dragons did and the amount of miles those boys put in flying back and forth. So keep that in mind. Uh, and my hat is still off to the Catlins Dragons and and their owner for allowing um, that team to have the success that they did. And I love watching Jimmy Maloney still play the game. He's one of my favorites. But Drinkwater's there. And there's a lot of good players that we've watched in the NRL that are now at Super League. So, anyway, they bring in Israel Falau. And so, Israel has an okay season, but again, more controversy. Um, the players uh, before kickoffs this year in the Super League, to pay respect to Black Lives Matter, players would take a knee right before the opening kickoff. The ref blows the whistle, they all stand up, they kick the ball off, and let's hit. Israel Falau said he doesn't take a knee for any man. And Israel Folau refused to take a knee for Black Lives Matter. Okay, well, I guess that's your stance. But again, I think this goes back to a man who has shown that he is not inclusive. A man that has shown from his words that his fellow man isn't the most important thing. And I always challenge people that try to use religion or God as to why they're making their decisions but I don't know in any of my religious, my, in my minor in college is philosophy and religion, okay? But I don't understand anybody who's going to try to stand up there and speak of the word of God and not be all-inclusive. I've always been blown away when I've seen people at hate rallies holding up the Bible and burning crosses. I'm like, well, can you show me the chapter in your book that says hate your fellow man? Uh, anyway, but anyway, Israel Flau didn't do that. Again, to me, a character question. Well, here comes the character question again because it looks like Israel Flau flew back after the season to Australia, his home, but said, I'll be back. I'll be back. Don't worry. I'm just going to go back with my family for a little bit. Well, guess what? Lo and behold, Israel Flau hasn't shown up again. And the big talk is that he's pushing his way out of the dragon's side and is being chased heavily by Toulon or beyond, which are two French rugby union sides. So again, they're teams that can pay him quite a bit of money and at the same time get him back into probably his strongest code in rugby union. But I just it just rubs me wrong, Shedheads. I don't, I don't know about you, and I'm a big proponent of players' rights. I'm that guy who thinks that college football players should be paid uh, in some capacity. 
But you've got a contract. You're a professional. This team gave you a lifeline to play. Gave you a lifeline to keep your career going. Gave you a lifeline so the whole world wouldn't just consider you a bust, even though most of them do. And you turn your back on them. And to me, that is the selfishness that Israel Folau has shown with some of his words and some of his actions. And and to me, I will never respect the man for that. I'll never respect him. And like I said, we can all have our beliefs. And we can believe in what we want to believe in. But to me, when those beliefs mean downgrading or making somebody feel bad about themselves or making yourself feel better than one or another person, you might want to look at yourself. Because I think it's garbage. And I kind of think you're garbage if you believe that. And I have the right to feel that way. First off, it's my show. I can say what I want. But at the same time, there's a way you sh- you treat your fellow man. And that's my belief. And that is what my religion has taught me. So we'll see. I guess we're going to have to find out if Israel Folau jumps ship or if he's actually going to finally be a man of character and finish out a contract or, or show something for a team that gave him a chance. And again, we're going to finish off the 4020s with more bad news. It just came down that Melbourne, the D's, the D's, the Melbourne Demons defender, Marty Horry, has torn his ACL at training in a tackle and will miss the entire 21 season. And this is a big season for the D's because a lot of people thought the Demons were going to do some damage last year in the 20 season after their 2019 season, and it just didn't come to fruition. It just didn't it just didn't pan out. And this is a big year for this club. This is a big year to see what really what what is really going on with the Melbourne Demons. And if they're really gonna go back to their mediocrity, or if they're gonna maybe take a step again and that last last season was a fluke, and that they are a young team that is still going forward. And I can't tell you what it's gonna be. I really have no idea. I would have never expected the D's to have the season they had last year. But again, a lot of the Victorian clubs that had to leave their homes, leave their families because of of the pandemic, you know, not many of them did a great deal of success except for the Tigers. Richmond is the only club that seemed that, that they found a way to just look inside and find that character for them to be successful the way that they are. And that shows you, to me, everything you need to know about the Tigers. But, you know, a lot of the clubs just, it was too much. It was, the last season was too much. And you know what? You can't hold that against them. So I'm very, very curious to see what happens with the Demons this year. But this is not going to help them at all. And I hate to hear any time a player loses a season to an injury before a season even starts. Um, but... Good luck to Marty, and, and hopefully he can turn this around and, and bounce back and come back stronger. He is 24. It's not like he's towards the end of his career. But again, for the amount of miles that you put on being an AFL player or, or an Aussie Rules football player, your legs are important. So hopefully with the, the advancements in medicine and the advancements of training and rehab, uh, he bounces back and comes back stronger than, than ever before. Well, here we go. Let's go outside the bubble. We know that because Rugby League, Aussie rules are now just coming back, and we know that 
with the lockdowns in in the UK right now that the clubs aren't able to do. I, you know, I think I've just heard that Huddersfield has had to shut down their entire uh, base of operation because of COVID. So even though we're trying to vaccinate and get people so we can get this thing rolling, you know, like I said last week, they've already pushed back the start of the Super League season to March 25th. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So hopefully, let's keep our fingers crossed that things go in the right direction. But we still have other sports. And so as we transition outside the bubble, shed heads, all right. So you shed Adamas again went 50-50. I am not dominating right now. And I think that, to me, shows you how, how do I say this? How the NFL maybe is what would a lot of people say the greatest product in professional sport in our country because you just don't know. And if you're a man that gambles and uses the spread, whew, it is tough to pick. Even though the, 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 two, spread, the, the two spread breakers from last week um, really blew some people out in their wins, Tampa Bay, um, for some reason, Drew Brees couldn't get the ball to anybody but the other team. And uh, the Ravens forgetting how to run the ball. And then Lamar going down. So, two games that, that a lot of people were expecting totally different outcomes that really did not happen or produce the way that they were projected Excuse me to go. So, let's see if we can do a little bit better this week. And I'm excited. These two games are going to be Awesome, Shedheads. They are going to be fun. We've got another Geritol Bowl starting off playoff for Championship Sunday with Tampa going up to Green Bay to the tundra of Lambeau Field. Little shout back to the NFL films. But you got the Packers as a three and a half point favorite to Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to say this right now. I'm not spending a lot of time on this game. I'm just going to say Brady said something earlier in the season where he said him getting out of New England, there's no way on God's green earth he's going to play back in another cold environment. Well, guess what, Tommy? You're going to a cold environment because it's going to be cold in Lambeau on Sunday and there's chance of snowfall. So this team from Tampa Bay who has also come down today, is not going to have Antonio Brown because of his knee, is going to have to go up and play in the Packers' backyard. The first time in his career that Aaron Rodgers is able to play the NFC Championship game on his home field against a guy that a lot of people will say is the GOAT, Tom Brady, but there are a lot of people that says Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback, and I'm going to say he's a better quarterback right now than Brady. He's younger by six years, but Aaron Rodgers, the look on his face, the smiles that he's showing in interviews is like a cat that's got a mouse cornered and is just wanting to play because I really feel that Aaron Rodgers, especially don't forget, these two games are rematches from, I think it's week six that these exact same matchups happened during the regular season because Buffalo played Kansas City that same time too. But I just I just think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are a team of national NFL 
NFC fate. I think that there's nothing that's going to keep them from winning. And I've got the Packers covering and beating Tom Brady, sending him back to Giselle Bunchen and their home. And the offseason. So we've got, as we mark these down, we've got Green Bay 3.5 over Tampa. And I'm taking the pack. Woo! All right. So I told you it was the Jared Tall Bowl. I told you that it was a game of two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history. But our second game, wow. Can I say that again? Wow. You've got two gunslingers that are going to go toe-to-toe. And I'm not talking McGregor Poirier. I'm talking Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think this game is going to be remarkable, shedheads. I think I think that this is the game that people are going to be talking about for a long period of time. And I think if both teams play up to their potential, it could go down as an instant classic. That's how good I think this game is going to be on Sunday night. Now, let's be honest. Buffalo did not look great in round one. They stepped up, even though they were in a tight game against the Ravens, but they handled the Ravens pretty soundly and pretty easily. But they're going up against the champs. They're going up against Patrick Mahomes, who has cleared concussion protocol and is going to play on Sunday. And 16,000, I think that's what they're aiming for, 16,5, 16,500 stands, fans in the stands. I forgot that we've got a pandemic going on, but that is something totally else. That's up, that's up to Missouri. And don't forget, Missouri is also the same state that Josh Hawley's from, so we don't go to Missouri for any type of thought of forward thinking or being smart. But anyway, that doesn't affect the Chiefs because the Chiefs are able to bring their fans in, and I think there it is going to be loud, it's going to be rocking, And I do not see the Chiefs losing. And like the great Ric Flair says, and I say it over and over again, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And right now, to me, we're going to set up the State Farm Bowl of Rodgers against Mahomes. Yes, that's right. I've got your Kansas City Chiefs holding serve at Arrowhead and eating good barbecue Chiefs by three, which the spread is, the Chiefs win, beat the Buffalo Bills, and set up a chance for them to repeat. I'm not going to go into my pick for that game or what I think the outcome of this season is going to be. But I think that, first of all, the the first company that's the most happy about that isn't the NFL. It's State Farm, since they have contracts with both Mahomes and Rodgers. So I can't wait for these commercials if it happens. But it is going to be a great weekend in the NFL. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. I don't know, is it because of the pandemic and all of us trying to find ways to escape and ways to get it through being at home and and not trying to drink a glass of scotch every, t- every top of the hour? But it is going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a good Sunday. So make sure you try to find these games. Again, the Tampa Green Bay game is the early game. 
And the Buffalo-Kansas City game is the late game, so you guys can know. But be looking for these games on Sunday, and I don't think you will go wrong. Staying with the NFL, we had a major, major league decision that came down. Phillip Rivers, some people call him Phillip Ridlin. Phillip Rivers is retiring from the NFL, and he's leaving... The Indianapolis Colts, which is sad because we should be saying Philip Rivers is retiring and leaving the San Diego Chargers. Sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. But Philip Rivers is hanging up his cleats and picking up his clipboard because Philip Rivers is going to transition from being an NFL quarterback to being a high school football coach in his home state of Alabama. Boy, think about that. Philip Rivers is my head coach. But what a career the guy had. And I think a lot of people always remember Philip Rivers from the standpoint that he did not have the normal football throw release. But, gosh, he was a competitor. And the funny, you know, I know all of you guys pay attention to this stuff, too. The thing that made Rivers beyond different and just being Philip Rivers is the man doesn't cuss. Dad Nabbit. He just he just has sayings that are just incredible. But he's one of the biggest trash talkers in the history of the game. And a lot of people, a lot of players thought it was awesome that he could talk as much trash and never curse. So if you get a chance, Shedheads, try to find some old clips of Philip Rivers talking noise, talking junk. Because it is some of the funniest stuff you'll ever hear. Him just yelling at opponents as they say, get away from me. And he says, no, I'm not going anywhere. Um, what a career. Again, too bad it didn't finish up in San Diego, but at least he went and led his team to the playoffs of the Colts this year. And let's be honest, they probably should have beaten Buffalo in that first game of the playoffs. But shouldas, wouldas, couldas do not count in sport. But uh, congratulations on an incredible career to Phillip Rivers. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, on the sidelines for his high school team next year. But congrats. And we finish our outside the bubble this week with a big throwdown. Fight Island, Shedheads. Fight Island. Dana White and his big red head is over at Fight Island. And he's going to bring us the UFC card that features Conor McGregor taking on Dustin Poirier in Poirier McGregor 2. We got to remember that Connor knocked out knocked out Dustin in a minute and some change last time, but that's not the same Dustin Poirier that we're going to see this 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 fight. You've got a father now. You've got a man that, for whatever reason, has found his drive later in his career, found his purpose, found his style, and found his heart. And I am really, I'm really looking forward to seeing what really happens in this fight, because I don't think I think a lot of people are going right off the right off the bat saying that McGregor is going to win easily, and McGregor has already said that he's going to knock out Poirier within 60 seconds. I don't see that. I don't see that for a second. And a lot of people are saying if if it's a fight that goes on longer that Poirier becomes the favorite because of conditioning. 
which I also think is kind of funny because we've only seen Connor get gassed out twice, once in a boxing ring and once um, in another MMA fight. But I'm not really worried about that. I do think that Dustin Poirier gets stronger as the fight goes on. If you see, if you've seen that fight when he fought Hooker from New Zealand, what a fight! One of the greatest fights I've ever seen of heart, will, and determination. Not just from from Dustin, but from Hooker as well. I'm saying these guys left it all out there. But Hooker came in as the favorite. And Poirier found a way to impose his will and win that fight. I don't know what it is. I saw the weigh-in today. Uh, there's a swagger about Dustin Poirier. Connor be- Connor's Connor as usual. But I, for some reason, I just think that Dustin Poirier is going to win this fight. I don't know why. If you, if you tell me that McGregor wins... It won't shock me, but I just, for some reason, have this sneaking suspicion that Dustin Poirier is going to win this fight. And I don't know if that means it's going to set us up for the trilogy. I know that's what McGregor doesn't want to have happen, but I just think for some reason that it is Dustin Poirier's time. And I think Dustin Poirier feels like he has a lot to prove. And I just, I've seen him fight recently when he thinks, when everyone thinks he's going to lose a fight. But the only person that believes is Dustin Poirier, and he wins it. And I think he's going to win it again on Saturday. So, looking forward to that one. That is going to be some pretty exciting, some pretty exciting stuff to see. But hopefully they just give us a good fight. Hopefully they just give us something that's memorable. But I think that is going to be something we are going to say happens. So, But I've got Poirier. i got Poirier in that fight. So we'll see. But Shedheads, that is it. That wraps us up. That finishes another incredible episode of Outside the Sheds. I appreciate all of you again. I appreciate the Shedhead family. And please, do a little research Look up something about Hank Aaron. Read something. Um, just take him in. Learn about an icon because we did lose a great one. But I'm going to leave you. That's your homework assignment. But that is enough of me. Your Shed Adamas is getting out of here. I'm going to eat and I'm going to go enjoy my weekend. And I hope you do the same. Until next time, Shedheads, this is Corey Jackson from Outside the Shed saying, see ya. And like I always tell you, Stay out of trouble. Just don't get caught. Outro! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about. 